0: On the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, and the sous chef of the Garden uh, set to
1: go with the show today. Ooh, uh, on and the first too. day of September. How yes. about that? Wh- where did it go? I don't know. <laughs> How did that happen? Don't blame me. That's <laughs> <all>. <laughs> you wake it's up gone. one day and it's September. So, so Charlie comes into the station and. To be uh, accosted by me with a question, are crickets lucky? <laughs> and She said, what, "What? What?" So yeah, we have we have crickets in the cabin there uh, yeah, that's on the cozy. farm, and it's <laughs> driving loud. Shirley. Yes. Oh, and they are loud. Yeah. So I said, "Do you think that crickets are lucky?" I've heard that. And
2: I said, "I think they are."
1: Yeah. Well, indeed they are. Uh, apparently, uh, this, uh, crickets are considered good luck by most Native American tribes. Cricket wisdom is said to represent joy, intuition, and power of belief. And there's some interesting little thing, I just want to get this in, Uh, from noblemen and famous artists to peasant farmers and Buddhist monks, people throughout history have Kept caged crickets hmm. to enjoy their song. Crippets chirp or sing. Tell by... Shirley
2: that. Yeah, <laughs> people do actually keep <laughs> yeah, them. For yeah, their that's song. right. You're lucky, right? They, they've, they've they chirp or
1: sing by rubbing their wings together, and only the male cricket sings, often to attract a female or to fend off another male cricket. Now, here's the thing that caught love, your attention yeah. too. If you count the number of chirps in 15 seconds. Then add 37, you can estimate the approximate outdoor temperature in
2: degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Isn't that well? So, you know what would be interesting? Count your indoor cricket chirps, yeah. then go outside and count the outdoor ch- cricket <laughs> chirps and see if... if there's a difference. Yeah if, yeah, if there really is. Because, you know, yeah. how would the indoor cricket that's know right. what the outdoor temperature is? Right? Uh, it should be telling you the indoor temperature. That's right. Like you should. I mean, assuming they're different, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. I said, Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. But um, we used to have a little brass... Cricket box, really? Yeah, and, and supposedly you keep by the hearth mm-hmm. for good luck. I'm wondering what pets. the heck do you feed them, though? You know, cricket. you can't leave them in that box all, all no, without to death. some food.
2: Wasn't well, that in your fact sheet? There's no uh, information no, I, on
1: I don't, feeding. I don't see any any what they eat, but well, but yeah, I guess I'll you wouldn't
2: to, want to catch a girl cricket either because she wouldn't sing. No, you only want true. boy crickets. But apparently
1: they they have uh, they lay hundreds of eggs, not just one. But uh, when course, they yeah. when they do lay eggs,
2: it's in the hundreds. That's why insects. Are they're so successful.
1: So, I'm just hoping that the cricket we have, or a couple of crickets we have indoors, aren't Priggers. Because well, that would not be fun. if they're singing
2: their boys, right? Yeah, yeah right, that's right?
1: true. You know. Well, okay, gee whiz. Uh, Maybe you should do show. your job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and right. tell people the phone phone number. Right. <laughs> and my job is to give you the phone numbers for the garden show where uh, some crickets abide. Yeah, where we talk <laughs> about
2: insects and birds. Yeah, we like birds too.
1: Yeah. In Toronto, call 416 360. 0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free, one 740 4740 Our little mantra is uh, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know when you get to the airwaves that will precede you the little uh, welcoming bell you'll get your garden wings that's right okay. very
2: special Alrighty. you can't just get garden wings anywhere you have to come onto this show exactly. to get the wings you got it and who would really needs wings in the garden i'm not sure but you just you know it's nice uh, getting that aerial view of how the garden looks check out your designs and colors so things going on of course as we get back into the into the season summer is over mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, some of the various clubs start meeting again. The Agent Court Garden Club did tell me about their upcoming next weekend, September the 8th, drop-in between Mm -hmm. 2 and 4.30 at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. That's in Agent Court. Big event, big show, uh, big competition, uh, certainly worth dropping by. Completely open and free to everyone. Um, if you're in the Brantford area, yeah. this is a really good field trip. Like you and I and Shirley would love this place, Whistling Gardens. Have you ever oh, been there? Yes, you've
1: no, but you've spoken of this many times.
2: Mm. They're having their seventh annual fabulous fall sale starts this weekend. They are open all this weekend. Uh, It's such an interesting story. I really should get Darren on the show because I don't think we've ever had him on the show. I think maybe his wife was on the show at one point. You know, it's such an interesting story. Here's a guy, he was like in his 20s. Like, Who does this? In your 20s, you decide you're going to start your very own botanical gardens. Wow. Right? So you buy land and you proceed to plant plants Mm -hmm. and he's so he's such a, a specialist when it comes to very unusual specimens particularly evergreens this is a huge garden like this is acres and acres all done by him his family mm-hmm. as workers f- with love right it's mm-hmm. all just about the love of the plants and sharing with the public now of course they do use the gardens now for events so weddings and receptions and and things like that so you know there's always um, sp- special things like garden gift kits this is all happening right now for sale but the garden Center is open like I said all weekend and of course the hours throughout September are two generally are Tuesday through Sunday's. Nine thirty to five. Normally closed on Mondays, but this weekend they are. open. Do they have a web address that folks could check them out, possibly? Or? well, that's a good point. Yes, Whistling Gardens, one word: Whistling Gardens. Huh. And uh, oh yeah, definitely check them out. I've, mm. I printed off a bunch of stuff: musical fountains, gardens, birds. Like they got birds there, like unusual. They got a whole aviary of birds. Such a, it's such a cool place. So yeah, it's the little garden that could. It is a botanical garden, uh, and they do all kinds of cool things. Well, there. congratulations. Congratulations to them yeah, already. Yeah, and it's, uh, if you're in the area, like, you know, mm-hmm. go, and you and I should make a field trip there.
1: There you go. Okay. okay. Something something to do for
2: Frankie and yeah, Charlie. Yeah, like yeah. We, we need things to do. So I've got, uh, obviously, some emails piling up, which I'm happy to share as we get into the show, and also a, a very interesting couple of things, um, announcements out of OMAFRA, the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture and Food, and next weekend, next Saturday, Yes. Here on the Garden Show, we're going to have a very special guest joining us from the Toronto Zoo with a very big announcement. Oh, so keep that in mind. All righty. Schedule the Garden Show for next Saturday. You're going to want to hear about that announcement. Excellent. Okay, we're going to come back in
1: just a couple of moments to say hi to Jack in Welland and find out what's on his mind here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks,
4: tulips and
0: sweetwilliams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Jack from Welland, welcome to the show. Uh, good Morning. Morning.
1: Um I'd like to know anything something about crabgrass. Mm-hmm. My neighbor next door, he uh, sprayed for crabgrass. Now the the lawn is completely golden.
2: Yeah. Mm, sorry.
1: So how soon can he start growing again grass?
2: So what do you think your neighbor sprayed?
1: He sprayed kill all. Kill all.
2: Kill all. So kill all kills all everything. Yeah. All right. So um Uh, now I have no idea I was actually in a, a person's yard a week or so ago and their entire lawn was crabgrass So perhaps your neighbor was the same way. It's all crabgrass. But either way, it's dead. If it's yellow, it's in the process of dying. He can go in and reseed anytime because the kill-all will not be um, residual. It's not staying in the soil and making it a poisonous environment for anything else to grow. But remember, in order to get good seed germination from turf grasses, we need to get the seed in contact with the soil below. So if he's got a lot of dry, golden, Mm -hmm. dead and dying uh, turf there now, going out and broadcasting fresh seed, I would, if possible, if it's a kind of size yard, he can get out there and get some some, uh, top dressing of whatever kind of triple mix, compost, whatever soil... Light layer of that out as well, and a raking, you know, um, soft raking to get those seeds to drop down down into contact with the soil below and the soil above. We get some rain coming. We've got thunderstorms in the coming uh, forecasts, and perfect. Those seeds will germinate within, you know, within a week. So right. he'll be back to being green within two weeks. You know, but I think the the challenge is just getting those seeds in a situation where they will grow. Well. All right. All right. Okay, Jack.
5: Right. Thank you very much. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much for joining us.
2: Thanks for calling.
1: And I'm delighted to welcome our next caller to the airwaves, first-time caller Mary from Mississauga. <coughs> hey, there you
5: go.
2: Hi, Mary. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I have a most
5: beautiful Yep. that I bought at Fresh Cult a mm-hmm. month ago, mm-hmm. and very few of the um, flowers have fallen off. It's just gorgeous. Nice. Today, I will give it three ice cubes.
2: Oh, yeah, you like that method that works, <laughs> yeah,
5: that works. so I've gone back and bought three more for <laughs> oh, my children now, cause mine are all. Grown up, uh. <laughs> and, and and my daughter has one that has not done so well because she was away a bit. Right.
2: How
5: what is the care of these, or what happens to them?
2: Well, um, orchids, as you know, a phalaenopsis, commonly known as a moth orchid, that will come with a tag on it. I met your yours might even had a tag that said three ice cubes once a week, right. uh, and that is what the reason the ice cubes works is because it, it's a slow melt, so it's a very slow percolation of that moisture down around the roots through the bark chips or whatever moss that these orchids have been grown in. And that's what they want. They like that. They don't want to sit in water. Um, they also don't want to you know, dry out it's like desert-like conditions. So they like that sort of high humidity, if you will, around the roots. Okay. And that's what the ice cubes provide. I, on the other hand, and I think, Frank, did you say yeah. you have an orchid right now?
1: I, uh, I killed it. Oh, you killed it? <laughs> I killed it. Oh, dear. Okay,
2: well. so we'll leave Frank out of this discussion for a minute.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, I, we got on holidays. I forgot to darn well water. then every Wednesday, I was submersing it Mm -hmm. completely. And I think two Wednesdays went by, and it went by, you know, yeah.
2: Need to put an alert on your phone. I guess. I okay. So what I do is what Frank was attempting to do, but of course consistency is this, important. That, It'd be that. like forgetting to, to feed your children, right? You know, they'd eventually starve to death. It was like, oh, that'd be called neglect. On
5: phone every Saturday.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I, you know, the pail of water, room temperature water, or in your case, ice cubes. And what I would do, and Frank was doing it, is the pot the orchid is in goes into that bucket of water. Leaves go right under the water. Air bubbles come out. You hold it there until the air bubbles stop coming out, which is, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds. Lift that orchid out of the pail. Let it drain in the sink back into the northern or eastern window. So it's just, it's a humidity thing more than anything. If you like misting plants, misting the leaves is good. Um, If you can be consistent with your watering and your temperatures and your light levels, those flowers can last for months and months and months when the flowers are finished. It plant takes a rest for, a, you know, sometimes a couple of weeks, pops up another flower. So, um, yeah.
5: Winter, when it's very dry in the house, right? The,
2: yeah, that's where your misting is even more important, you know, your spritzing. Right. So All I'll right. But often? Pardon? Of, oh, once a day if you can.
5: Uh, oh, okay. Yeah,
2: or twice a day even. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. It's so Thank, beautiful. Good. Thank you, Mary Enjoy. Yeah. I have a feeling after now. getting
1: that dressing down from Charlie that she's going to be calling the Children's Aid Society on I me mean, any moment now. <laughs> no, oh, no, boy. your children are grown up.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't have said that if you had young children. <laughs> they can look after yeah. themselves. If you if you neglect them, they can look after themselves. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, orchids can't. Right. Right. House yeah. plants can't do that. You yeah. have to look after yeah, 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 them. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely. I'm going to start phoning you on Wednesdays. As you usual she's right
1: oh my lord all right we're gonna take a little bit of a break we have a word or two from our sponsors and then we'll come back and deal with the problem possibly coming out of high park mm. with Jean. back in a moment here on the garden show from
0: zoomer radio don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, as
1: promised, let's head to a
0: nice part of Toronto mm-hmm. High Park.
1: There's Jean. Good morning, Jean.
6: Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. My my rhododendron has lots of buds. Great. And to the summer far away. So what's going to happen?
2: Oh, th- this is the... It should have lots of buds. This is the time of year when rhododendrons set their buds, uh, and those buds should stay just tight little round green buds all uh-huh. fall, all winter. In the spring, yeah. they pop open. Oh, yeah.
6: I say I am, I am afraid because maybe uh, during summer they're gonna,
2: gonna die. Oh no, they shouldn't. As long as you know, it's it's summer is oh, we're You know, ending. I
6: mean, not summer. I mean, winter. May, oh, maybe no. gonna die.
2: Well, they, no, no, they shouldn't. This is no the rhododendrons. Should if they stay? If there's no buds now, there will be no flowers in the spring. This is when the buds are set. All yeah. you can do is make sure that if we get into some really hot, dry weather, make uh-huh. sure that you're watering that plant throughout yeah. the fall. Right? Well, they up- like water. Well, yeah. th- not to be soggy, but yes, in order to stay healthy and keep those buds, you yeah. don't want it to get super dried out. Uh, and sometimes we get funny weather in the fall, and some of those buds will start to open early. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, cross your fingers that it doesn't happen and they all stay nice and tight, ready to go for next spring. Yeah. All right. Don't, okay. Don't, thank you. you okay. Thank you, Charlie. You're, you're very welcome. You're welcome. Okay.
5: Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Thanks for joining us, Gina. A long holiday weekend. Yeah, Hope you're having no. a good one already. Um, up to Collingwood. There's Diane. Good morning, Diane.
5: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And I will be sure to to stay tuned next Saturday. <laughs> good. Because I love the Metro Zoo. My brother and I were just talking about that yesterday when they were visiting here from Newfoundland and X. all the fun we used to have there. Oh, That's nice. Great. Yeah, it's With true. The kids and all. Kids, yes. Yeah. So I'll be sitting on the edge of my seat waiting.
2: Waiting for that big announcement. Ooh, yes, baby. I will. That's pretty
5: exciting. <laughs> and so now I have, um, last summer I planted some uh, hydrangeas. They're mm-hmm. just small now, white cone shaped. Oh, yeah ones but now of course the blooms are going brown and they don't look very nice Um, so I wondered if I should cut them off now and if so where should I cut
2: I would leave them because you're saying they don't look very nice. But as the fall continues, autumn continues, eventually the leaves are all going to fall off and those flowers will still be there. They hold on all winter and they can Mm -hmm. be in their own way, I think, quite ornamental. So I usually leave them alone and they're there all winter, bronzy, you know, showing up quite beautifully in the snow in the spring I do all kinds of trimming on my hydrangeas. All the hydrangeas get quite pruned back. Mm -hmm. If, however, you're not attracted to the look of these bronze and, you know, sort of crinkly looking flowers, Mm -hmm. you can go ahead and prune them this fall, but I wouldn't do it quite yet. With all this warm weather that we've got happening... The, the plants are still actively growing, and if we do any pruning on our shrubs now, we will be actively promoting new, fresh growth. Oh, and we don't really want our plants to have a lot of new, fresh growth on them at this time of year because, no. believe it or not, you know winter is coming. So we want the plants to just hunker down and go to sleep like they should. So yes. we can, you can do whatever pruning you want, but wait another month or so. Like wait oh. till end of September, middle of October, sort of weather dependent. We we just want everything to be a little, to be cooler, a little more dormancy to set in, and then it's fine to do whatever pruning you want.
5: Right. And, and I don't need to prune the size because they haven't grown so much. Right. But so where do I cut those blooms? Right at the...
2: The at the bottom of, the, of the If they're still small plants, I would just... Um, and you mentioned that they're conical flowers, right? They're not round? Right. Yeah. So then um, just at the bottom of the flower, just go down to where the flower comes off of the the, the stem yeah. and just clip right below the flower. Because you <laughs> still want to encourage those plants to grow bigger for the future.
5: Yes, yes. They're not where I want them yet. Right. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Thank right. you. Well, you folks have a wonderful... Uh, a La- Labor Day weekend, and
1: uh, we'll
2: talk to you again. All Thank righty. you, Diane. Yeah. Thank you for calling.
1: and I invite you to join me on Monday as a family, filling in for That's Norm right. Edwards from yeah, one no, to six.
2: No holiday for you. No, you'll no, be laboring on Labor Day. But
1: I'll be, I'll be listening to all that the great Zoomer music we have, That's okay? right. and yeah.
2: sharing it with all our great
1: listeners. Exactly. Oh, and look at this! Another reason for me to reach for the bell. Oh, great, Linda, a first-time caller from Oshawa. There you go. Welcome <laughs> to the show.
2: Hello. Good morning. Good
4: morning. I have a question about shade trees. Mm -hmm. I want to put a shade tree in my backyard Mm -hmm. to help shade the back of my house. Right. And it's a good distance from the house, but where I want to put it, I have a feeling there is a spring that runs through the back section of it, and Mm. I was wondering what would be the best trees to put in there that would be native to Canada so that they don't, end up having the roots
2: drown or something. Right. Okay, well, that's an interesting question. I mean, what comes to mind, two two sort of plants come to mind, willow, Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, willow is, there's many kinds of willows. Of course, the weeping willow is the one we know the best. And they love the moisture. That's their idea of a really good time. So that can be an excellent plant to plant in, and it'll actually help dry up if that's a damp area. Um, A willow would help with removing some of that moisture if that's something that you're trying to achieve as well birch trees do uh, do quite well in areas where there's a fair amount of moisture. One that's not as big as either of those are elders. Elder typically isn't so much of a tree, it's more of a very large shrub. Right. But elders are very, very good in situations where there's a fair amount of moisture, they get beautiful flowers in the spring, and of course they also have very edible berries uh, to make elderberry wine as the season progresses. So, um, yeah, there's there are certainly choices. I mean, certainly you could google for more ideas uh you know north american native north american plants in for moist areas okay. um, silver maples i guess it kind of just depends how big of a tree you ultimately want is well to be. i wanted a fairly large tree
4: to shade the back of our house
2: yeah, yeah. a silver maple
4: with all these hot hot summers yeah. it's getting pretty bad out
2: there mm-hmm. so. and and would this location that you're thinking of is it on the south side of your house it's on the east side. Oh, east side. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's an excellent idea. You're bringing up a really good point, which is in the summer, trees are covered in leaves, and they can, of course, provide some shade on our homes and keep them cooler. Mm-hmm. In the fall, all those leaves fall off, and in the winter, the leaves aren't there. And the, the, we can get that sun penetrating through the naked branches and warming up our houses. Right. So a, a, a deciduous tree planted on the right in the right location uh, to be able to provide that shade is an excellent uh, an excellent idea.
4: Well, I have a huge uh, female spruce mm-hmm. on my front lawn. It was mm-hmm. there when we bought the home, mm-hmm. and it's shading almost the entire front of the house now.
2: Yeah, year-round.
4: why I was wondering about putting in the backyard. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to put the same type of tree in the backyard no. because I want to be able to see the bird feeder and the rest of the right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, and I think the other thing is you could do a little bit of a um, probing of the area where you're thinking to plant, making sure you're always remembering to be a distance away from the house, right? Oh, you got, it is. It'll yeah. be
4: a good 10 to Fifteen feet from the house,
2: okay. Minimum patio that
4: we put in for the kids to play basketball in, and then it'll be about three or four feet from
2: that. Okay. Well, all right. So yeah. So even so, that's you know, ten to fifteen isn't that far when it comes to some of the big trees. Uh, So so yeah, you want to be as far as you possibly can be away from the house to allow the tree to achieve its full size. Yeah.
1: All right.
4: Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. You
2: two have a great long weekend. Well, thank Thank you. you. Thank all you, uh,
1: Linda, and thanks for being a first-time
2: caller there. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't with, uh, be a stranger. Yeah, exactly. Do not be a stranger. Okay, but wait a minute. Just, this yes, is making me got... think of something. Mm-hmm. All let's talk about trees. Um, Alright, so there's a something that I subscribe to that is put out by the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture and Food. So at the top of this, you can see ON for Ontario, yes. mm-hmm. and then Nursery Crops. So OMAFRA, or the Ministry, they have these different blogs, weekly sort mm-hmm. of published blogs, particularly at this time of year. One is Nursery. There's one for vegetables um there's one for turf Mm -hmm. there might even be more but either way they they send out these sort of little notes just comes into my mailbox and i you know read what's going on so this is one that came across and it's exactly on the subject of trees and that's why i just want to share this with everybody see the photograph there's a photograph of a a young maple tree and you can see on the stem or the the trunk of the tree there's a split in the bark Mm -hmm. so there's that wound, and um, and the way this reads is, there was quite a lot of dieback on woody shrubs and trees this spring and summer. Some of it is still just showing up. Vertical cracks in juvenile trees are nothing new for us in Ontario, because we often will have that. Break, mm-hmm. The bark will spontaneously break on typically the south and west side of a, of a trunk. But this year, we're seeing a little more than our fair share of damage, these, these vertical cracks. So, the, the little blog goes on to say, let's take a peek back into 2017. And this is, I'm sharing this with you because this is what we often don't think of. We th- we're living in the moment. But when it comes to trees, you got to think back because history has big What's impact. Happened, yeah. That's right. So 2017, remember how cool and rainy it was. All that spring. Remember that spring went on and on with lots of cool rain. Remember all those leaf diseases we had last year because of all that rain and all that humidity. We had tons of mildews all over the place. Every leaf pretty well had something going on. Cool rainy conditions promote vegetative growth so a lot of green growth and many of our trees and shrubs responded with big fat growth rings so what that means is that if you cut down a tree today you would see last year's growth as a much bigger growth ring than the average year because it was so much rain there was a lot more growth on average, oh. last growing season than what we normally see. But remember, then we moved into a hot, dry September. So th- at this time last year, it got hot, it got dry. The temperature hovered around 30 degrees Celsius several days in a row through September and October. It was very mm-hmm. warm. It finally stopped raining in the central part of the region of Ontario. Soils dried out and root hairs in the top few inches of the soil died off. The warm, dry weather continued into October. It was still warm in November like you got to remember that it was tropically warm October November last year even the beginning of December was quite mild trees and shrubs weren't losing their leaves remember uh, yes. lots of right. trees did yeah. not lose. very unusual the mild autumn slowed the plants acclimation for winter so it stalled the onset of dormancy and natural dehydration processes so naturally and normally in the fall cooler days shorter days All the liquids move out of the plants down to the roots. Mm Leaves fall off. It's just a very natural process. It didn't happen last year. That moisture didn't move right. out. Yeah. The leaves never dropped. A lot of people thought their Japanese maples were dead, right? Because all the leaves were still hanging on the on the trees. So just it's just interesting. So you know, it's so when we're seeing some of these issues, then you know what happened? Well, winter came with a vengeance in mid December. Mm-hmm. The temperature hammered down rapidly to tw- minus twenty Celsius by early January. So this rapid. Temperature shift can be very devastating to plant tissue. So all that liquid was trapped inside those trees, in the trunks, in the Mm -hmm. branches. Suddenly, drop in temperature, what happens? Those liquids freeze and expand. What happens when they expand? Everything gets cracked and broken. The bark, all kinds of cells, tissues froze, cracked open. Um, like just again, not normal kind of situation. So the results are death of conductive tissue and sapwood, leading to rapid xylem tissue freeze pops and vertical cracks from the exterior of the bark. So that's that. So you know, for anybody out there who's looking at their tree, going, you know, it just it's there? such a nice was yeah. such a nice tree. I just planted it two years ago. It was looking so good. Now it's looking kind of scary. It, just remember, obviously, weather climate has huge impact on the health
1: right. now will those heal will
2: that if it's a healthy heal? tree yeah. if it's it was a good healthy tree to start with, yes, it should seal the wound itself, no black pruning paint just let it be um there's you know further follow-up here's another picture where the plant has actually mm-hmm. sealed out those wounds so just you know something to keep in That's mind
1: background material there my yeah friend. yeah
2: Excellent. so i just want yeah so everybody you know there's yep. always thinking and don't be blaming yourself there's things you can't control but things that you can well, or keep your plants
1: basically in charge in a lot but, of cases but keep yeah. your
2: plants as healthy as you can yep. so that mm-hmm. they can withstand these adverse conditions right
1: okay uh, we're up to our next break actually Okay. uh so uh, just a quick reminder here we have a line open if you'd like to call and talk to charlie dobbin uh let's see in toronto 416-360-0740 anywhere in the province toll free 1-866-740-4740 a long holiday weekend here on the garden show from zoomer radio
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie,
1: uh, time to welcome an old friend back mm-hmm. to the uh, airwaves here, Siva, here in Toronto. Good morning, Siva.
3: Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Okay, my butternut squash vines and pumpkin—they're so humongous. <coughs> yeah. There's no sun getting to the root. Does that matter, or should I take out some of the leaves?
2: You're you worried about sun getting to the root or to the yeah, f to for the, the actual. Root.
3: Does that matter yeah, because no. it does have a lot of large
2: fruit on it? Oh, no, that's fine. If anything, sometimes we'll remove the leaves just to help the the fruit to ripen, you know, oh. get allow the sun in onto the uh, actual squashes. But okay. no, don't worry about um, exposing the base of the plant. If anything, those those leaves are, are a good thing. They shade the soil and help maintain the moisture. Yeah,
3: okay. They're, it's humongous. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's funny My, how big one yes. plant gets. I want to hear the downtown train on Monday by Rod Stewart. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see if we can squeeze that in for you. <laughs>
2: All right. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: All right. Thank Bye-bye. you
2: very much. I love it. People right. are using the garden show to yeah. make requests exactly. for Monday.
1: Wow. I'll have to make a note of that. Yeah, you better okay. write that down. Downtown train, Rod Stewart. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time we go to our next caller, yes. I think of the temperature and the current weather forecast <laughs> here for Toronto. It's going to be very warm at 29 degrees, mainly sunny. Rick, up in White River, what's the (laughs) forecast there for today? Well, uh, it might snow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you are getting some big rain, I think, aren't you? Yes, right. It's overcast. We had good rain, yeah. Yeah, so some extreme rain. I was hearing about Sudbury and stuff, and it's like 15 degrees and pouring rain.
6: Oh, boy. We had frost, too.
2: No, really?
6: Yeah, too nice ice in the window. Oh, Oh, my lord!
2: Yeah, it cooled off here, so it really cooled off there. Wow.
6: My question is, I picked milkweed seeds, and I put some in the fridge. Mm Mm-hmm. And I still have some more, but when should I plant
2: them? In the fall or in the spring or what? So they're in the fridge now? Well, some of them. Okay, and were they from this year's milkweed or from last year? Last year. Last year. I'd be inclined to get those out of the fridge and outside. Uh, I'd be... Were they collected in your local area, or did you...
6: Well, were you, Michigan.
2: <laughs> oh, interesting. So, local enough. Um, so, did they have a passport when they came uh, across? Sh- don't tell <laughs> Uh Yeah, you know bringing in plant parts, but we won't We won't discuss that. So, I would get them out. You want to put them into a very sunny location, um, Naturally and normally, milkweed will ripen in the fall, and you know, the pods open up, and then they're like little feathery. Um, very sweet little take off and blow in the wind seeds that land and sit there for the winter and then spring of course they start to grow so Mm -hmm. they do need that cool and that's where the refrigerator came in uh, is a good thing you know what I'd be inclined to put some outside you know sprinkle them into a nice open sunny location Mm -hmm. uh, mark where you've done it so you know not to walk there in the spring and then also keep some in the fridge and sow them indoors uh, in say March get a little bit growing and see if you can get them growing indoors just to, you know, cover off yeah. making sure some of it grows.
6: Just in parts, eh?
2: Yeah.
6: No, that's good. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, milkweed's great. It's a great, great it, plant. Is there another
1: question support. I could ask, Frank? <laughs> uh, well, oh, golly, uh, I, but, you're going to get me in trouble. Well, uh, I forgot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank Got you. me out of trouble in, in one fell swoop. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick, okay. very much. Stay <laughs> warm. Yeah, yep. stay warm. Frost, can you believe that, huh? <laughs> the way
2: you said that, <laughs> <Frost>. <laughs> your Yikes. face is crinkled up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, maybe just around the corner, there's Marianne here in Toronto on the line. On the Garden Show. Good morning, Marianne.
6: Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Um, I have um, perennials in three stages, Mm. and I think they have to be pruned. Uh, The uh, bleeding hearts Mm. are the fronds are hanging, Mm. laying down yellow. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the uh, Daylilies—they're mm-hmm. um, just growing green fronds all over. Yeah. And what my neighbor does with those is she cuts them down, and they look like green paintbrushes coming out of the ground. <laughs> and um, last year I didn't cut back my peonies,
2: mm-hmm.
6: and they looked—it her- was such a mess in the spring. Mm-hmm. So now I don't know what I should pruned, and when. Okay.
2: So, good question. Uh, here's a rule of thumb. When a plant, whatever the plant is, it could be a tree, it could be a shrub, it could be a perennial, like the three you mentioned, peonies, daylilies, and bleeding hearts, when you see yellow or brown um, growth, so the... the Might be flowers are finished, so we have deadheading to do, removing those brown flowers. Sometimes it's just like bleeding hearts. I find they're beautiful in the spring, beautiful flowers fill up very shady corners for us. But as the season progresses, it gets really hot, they go dormant. So what you're seeing above ground is a lot of yellow and, as you point out, fall-to-the-ground stems that were three feet tall, right? These are big plants. So absolutely, get in there, get your pruners, Cut those bleeding hearts off at ground level, get all that mess into the composter.
6: That short?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, because they're they're not going to grow anymore this year. They have gone dormant for the rest of the season. The next time you're going to see your bleeding hearts is next uh, spring. Okay. Now, the daylilies, because the name tells us that flowers only last for one day, so it is appropriate to go out to our daylilies to deadhead, remove the crispy, not attractive flowers once they're finished. Right. The green leaves um, can be a little on the scraggly side as as the season continues, but I would leave the leaves alone. Allow them to just do their thing uh, unless there's just, you know, holes in some of the leaves or some of the leaves are yellow. Again, never hesitate to remove yellow or brown growth. But try and leave green growth alone because green growth is photosynthesizing and helping the plant grow okay. for the future. Now, peonies, a good case, a good sort of point there is um, they are early spring bloomers. If we were going to move them, we would be moving them now in the fall, so we would be digging and dividing if we felt we needed to move them. At some point, yet you definitely want to cut your peonies down to ground level in the fall. You said you didn't get to that last year, so this year it was all a mishmash of new growth and old growth. So for now, If you can get in there and, again, remove anything that's yellow or brown uh, or just, you know, ugly, get that out of there. But wait another month or so before you go in there and just take the entire peony down to ground level. Wait until we get a frost. We need a a good frost which stops everything in its tracks and it gives us that opportunity to do the sort of down-to-the-ground proper cleanup on many of our perennials.
6: Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're very okay, welcome. Marianne. So I, I know what I have to do today and what I have to wait and do next month. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thanks, right. Mary
1: number of jobs there. Yes, right, a Up. to-do list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in moments, we're going to be bouncing along to Belle Fountain and uh, have a word with Nadine here on The Garden Show. Stay with us here on Zoomer Radio.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, for Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stocks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweetwilliams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on
1: Zoomer Radio. And just before we get to Nadine, uh, Charlie and I were uh, conversing about how far White River is away from Toronto. Where uh, we were so I sitting. Just, yeah, I just GPSed it, and 1,004 kilometers would de- uh, take roughly 10 hours and 15 minutes uh, to get there.
2: The way you drive, it'll the probably <laughs> only be like five hours. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, yeah, White River, I know it's Rick is a consistent caller, and we appreciate Hearing from them, but it's not that far from Wawa. It's actually not even that far from Lake Superior.
1: No, it looks to be about so 30 miles. Four, you know, like, 40 there's miles. Thunder Bay right yeah. there.
2: So, yeah. um, And I judged Marathon, the town of Marathon, which is about halfway between White River and Thunder Bay, or actually a little closer yeah. to White River, years ago as part of the Communities in Bloom program. Well, oh, there, there you I are. Drove that road. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, let's find out so, a little bit about Bell Fountain. Mm-hmm. And Nadine is on the line. Good morning, Nadine. Good morning. How are you? Good. Excellent.
3: I have a million questions that I can ask, (laughs) but I understand radio time is short. Uh, So my most pressing matter would be preparing my small vegetable garden with fertilizer for next year. Mm. Um, And also mildew on cucumbers, which I Mm. experienced. So I was given... Uh, a quantity of chicken gold in oh, yeah. the spring, uh, and it seemed a little too gluey to try and mix into the soil. So, Good. no pun intended, but <laughs> I chickened out.
2: <laughs> so, where is it now? Or did you not take it? I
3: well, my husband built uh, a cage with uh, wire and wood, okay. and it's been there. Layered with leaves. Oh, perfect. And we turn it every now and again. So I don't know how much to use in the spring or if I should put it in the garden in the fall and let it break down further.
2: Well, okay, so with a very, what we would call a raw or green manure, so it's something that hasn't composted and, and dried out, the reason we don't want to go straight onto any plants with a super new manure, is just because of the high level of ammonia, and yeah. you can end up with toxic conditions. So one of the ways, obviously, we know when we smell it, the farmers take all the raw manures, and they put it out onto the fields in the fall, spreading it out there in the fall. We can smell it when we're driving down the highways. It's on the surface of the soil all winter. So the sun is beating down, the rain is, you know, the snow, everything else. And that helps to neutralize any of these hot... Aspects of the manure, the mm-hmm. the ammonia, for example. <clears throat> so in your case, if you got it last year and you've had it mixed with leaves and you've been no, turning just in the spring or oh, in the spring, so you've been turning it. Um, uh, you could, it's up to you. You could get those leaves and incorporate them into your vegetable garden this fall, or you could wait and do that next spring. I wouldn't dig down too deep. I would just basically loosen the surface of the soil, the top couple inches, incorporating the that. It'll be a leaf mold if you leave it all this winter and do what you've done. Maybe Make sure you do add moisture. Make sure those leaves aren't dry. Um, so you had the manure in there. You've got the leaves in there. Keep the moisture on it. You will end up with beautiful, beautiful what we call leaf mulch or leaf mold. And it's just, it's a wonderful, light, 100% organic, full of nutrient and life Amendment to to your soil. It's S- still pretty gluey. Yeah. So it's well, okay. So, how, what's, what kind of quantities are we talking like a pickup truck? A garbage load? can full. Oh, just a garbage I can. I just have a small garden. Yeah. So keep adding the leaves. I mean, more are going to come down this fall, right? So yeah. just keep adding those leaves. Uh, keep mixing. Um, you could also add in other things if you wanted to. Uh, you know, leaves are good, but you know, if you're deadheading some of your um, plants, throw that in there. What about duck poo? Well, you don't need to add duck poo to chicken poo. Oh, no. Right? We've already got the the poo thing going. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) So, right now, it's a matter of finding the balance between that great poo that's got tons of activity in it and the carbon and the nitrogen, right? So, the carbon and nitrogen ratio is what you're working with there. So, your poo is full of nitrogen and your carbon is going to come from your leaves. You want... About a thirty to one ratio. So just keep adding leaves this fall. Keep stirring, and I think you'll find if not early in the spring, by mid spring, you'll be able to get that out into the garden.
1: Okay. All right. Thanks, Nadine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you. All righty. Uh, on to our final caller okay. will be uh, a first-time caller nice. from Newmarket, Volker. There's your uh, yes. little welcome. Good morning. Yes, Good morning. I'm on the call. I'm on the phone. Good. Yep. What's going okay. on? Uh, we have some trees in the backyard It look like they're uh, Japanese plum. have red leaves. They had buds in the spring when it was so warm. Uh-huh. And then when the freeze happened, they just sort of stayed there and didn't uh, turn into leaves. So they're just buds on the trees. Otherwise, the, tree, the branches are bare. Oh. Uh, um. What else has happened, that's what I'm really calling about, on the top of the trunk... And the bottom of where the branches come out, there seems to be a white fungus now that's mm, developed. Okay. And I don't know whether or not to take the trees out, or is there something that to do to treat it? All?
2: Okay, so if those trees have not had any leaves on them at all... Just this, buds, yeah. Just buds this entire spring and summer, I'd say you're toast. I would say those plants okay. are toast. Okay. The, the white okay. stuff you're seeing is a fungus, and that is probably very naturally and normally growing uh, in and on the tree because the tree is dead and now the decomposers are going to work and of course okay. what are fungus other than f- uh, decomposers so that's okay. what they're doing they're going to start that process of breaking that tree down um so yes i it's i would remove it
1: okay okay uh, that's- that's great. Thank you very much. You're Thank very you. Welcome. Walker. Nice, nice to welcome Bye. you to the show. Yeah,
2: don't be a stranger. <laughs> Come on back. Yeah, coffee's always <laughs> <Bye>. on. <laughs> Thanks or so it much. used to be. I guess the co- coffee's not on as much now. There's no coffee to put on.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, I, well. I have to run across the street.
2: There's lots of coffee out. shops around. Yeah, we exactly. can always get coffee.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Golly, we've got uh, about 20 Near seconds, seconds left here. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: you know, no rest for the wicked. You're no. here for the weekend. Yep. Yep. All I right. am. Well, that's good because I'll be back at
1: one o'clock today. It'll
2: be cool here, and it's It's going to get real hot outside, so you'll be happy to be inside working. Thanks, everybody. Great calls, great questions. And uh, I'm back at school, so school starts. And um, uh, I'll report to you on my my new classes, my brand-new students who I'll be meeting this coming
0: Wednesday. Next week, I'll bring an apple in for the teacher. Oh,
2: that'd be sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Have a great weekend. See you all again
0: next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.